White Cloud, feed to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud, bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone, Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud, the righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds, through the left circle, number nine closing in, he scores! It's an overtime winner, Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I'm going to get into something that I never thought I'd be able to get within 200,000 miles of in the hockey hmm. world. Uh, that's coming up in our one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League. It does revolve in the area of Connor McDavid. Uh, but first up, let's get uh, into our game rankings from last night. As the Vegas Golden Knights overpower the Arizona Coyotes and they're back to 500 at home. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Ah, uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Stay with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Let's do it. Chris Chapman, what do you have? All right. Well, there was a lot that I liked about the game. Uh, Mark Stone becoming the first player in Golden Knights history to score a shorthanded goal and a power play goal. Uh, you get uh, depth scoring. William Carrier hits double digits for the first time in his career with his 10th goal of the season. Michael Amadio gets a goal, a much-earned goal, I, I, I'll, I'll say, because I thought he's played really well since he's been moved up. And you got you got, you got got a, a, a goal from Daniil Miramanoff. I thought they played really well. Um, I thought it, it was a pretty good game. So I'm going to go with the Trans Am. What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, it what? wasn't a perfect game. It was a good Uh-oh. game. What You Uh-oh. gave it DeLorean for the Buffalo No, no, Sabres. I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I, no, he I, mistakenly I, did. I mistakenly, and I, I corrected myself and gave that a Trans Am. I don't just hand out DeLoreans like like M and M's at Halloween, Darren. All right, Wallace. <laughs> oh, Darren! Don't Darren, be swayed Darren, now Darren. because he because he gave me the evil eye through the, Chapman, through the board. Chapman, yeah. Chapman, let me tell you this: it doesn't even matter. It's like listen as as much as we try to uphold the sanctity of the game ratings when you hand fives out like. They're going out of style. It it has a tendency of maybe cheapening the game ratings. That all being said, and given that you decided to go with a four out of five, um, I don't know that that I disagree with where you went, Chapman. But for the sake of of hearing the what? No, I'm going to go Delorean. I, I think the Golden Knights stuck with it. I, I thought Mark Stone played. Uh, a five out of five game, if there ever was one. He was phenomenal, probably could have scored four or five goals. And if he did, all of a sudden, I think we look at that game through a little bit of a different lens. But the fact that the Golden Knights put five up on the board on home ice, the fact that their power play went 50% on the night, the fact that they get a shorthanded goal and dominated special teams, all of those things lead me to going five out of five DeLorean. I'm trying to figure out what stops Chapman from going DeLorean. Because it hey, was listen, if you, impressive. If, if they you want to go first, down this road. They, they, they exploded in the third period. They controlled every facet of the game. Uh, I just can't get my head around what could be the one thing 
that stops him from going five out of five other than just to try and tick me off? No, no, it's not that at all. I mean, look, I, I, I if you really want to know, I didn't like the goal they gave up. I, right. I thought it was a bad goal to give up. I thought there were there were multiple opportunities where they should have scored. They, they probably could have scored eight or nine goals last night, and they didn't. True. Yep. So, I mean, look, I, they have to play almost perfect in order to get a DeLorean. It, I'm not going to... I'm not cheapening it out. This isn't the Grammys where you just give them out. Yeah, because everybody's got three of those. Yeah. I mean, I'll put those with my 18 Emmys. Yes, uh, see? Easily. I mean, talking about uh, yeah. tarnishing the legacy of an award. DeLorean, and I'll go. I'll start at the uh, the beginning of the game. They score the first goal, and it's Mirmanov that scores. But when he took the shot, he was twirling away, and he actually didn't see the puck go in. His head snapped back and went, oh, that went in because the, the crowd erupted. That was pretty cool. And uh, on that goal, the Kessel-Miramanov playing catch with it on the side mm-hmm. uh, it was outstanding. And I love to see that from Phil Kessel. And then they went over to the uh, Carlson end of the ice. Uh, I love that they were pushed a little bit in the game and stayed with their game. Uh, much like the Philadelphia Flyers contest where they didn't get beyond themselves and outside of that picture, which feeds into the structure that we have heard Bruce Cassidy uh, want from his team. That was added uh, and was required and was very impactful. And then you get into the third period with the explosion of Stone uh, obviously scoring on the power play and then Carrier with that uh, drive. And, And I'm not sure... Last year, Carrier takes that shot. He might defer to Stone over on the side, even though he's in a great spot, but with the confidence that he's had, and I don't know for sure, uh, but with his nine goals going into the game, uh, he, he takes that shot, and, and it goes. Uh, the shorty was outstanding. Uh, Mark Stone stopping in front of the net, like being in a position to put home that rebound. And it took two chances at the rebound. But if he just twirls away because he's killing the penalty and wants to get back, uh, he uh, he's nowhere near uh, in this area to be able to, to chip that puck in. So uh, that anticipation that we know about Mark Stone comes in big-time handy on that front. And Michael Amadio deserved that last night, mm-hmm. that, that late goal. It doesn't come with the big boys. Uh, but right. being able to score that goal, I think, gives all kind of confidence uh, to him. On top of what was a very impressive performance, the first time that he's played with Stone and Stevenson on a line and went out and and did it and and was impactful. And for those two guys to have the performance that they did with the Matteo, it was it was seamless going in. Uh, Chandler Stevenson picks up uh, the the, uh, the two points. He's now got a six-game point streak. This is the quietest <laughs> leading point producer yeah. On, yeah. on any team. Uh, sure. he, he's got three point streaks this year of five or more games and just continues to, to get it done. And is it an all-star selection? Is that what it's going to take? And I, I fault myself in this, too. I get caught up in the Stone and the Mirmanov and the Petra Angelo stories, uh, uh, the, uh, the the Logan Thompson uh, rise and, and the goaltending in front of it, Jack Eichel. Like, it feels like Mar- Marcia So, Riley Smith. It feels like I talk about everybody mm-hmm. but Chandler Stevenson. And one of my New Year's resolutions is going to be make sure this guy gets us due on a nightly, 
weekly basis because he deserves it and uh he's done enough to to put himself in that that area of uh the the top players on the team and i don't i don't know why it takes something like last night to look down and go leading the team two and two more points in a six game point streak and he's got three mm-hmm. of these five like it's it's sensational and so that, all of that considered it's uh if i could go above a delorean i would go above a delorean maybe a stretch well, delorean you, you, yeah oh okay well uh, i i'm with you on chandler stevenson i, I feel like there's a, a degree of of just how good he has been um in in the absence of Jack Eichel, right? Like you put Chandler Stevenson back down the middle, and you've had kind of a rotating cast. You've had Paul Cotter at times. Uh, you've tried a number of different players alongside those two. Michael Amadio, I thought a fantastic game. There, you you look at the first period for Amadio, probably could have had two primary assists based on some really smart passes and some good defensive plays. Um, so I like the makeup of Amadio, Stevenson, and Stone, and, and I think that you've got Chandler Stevenson recognizing that he is a big-time player on this team, and in the absence of some of the firepower out of the lineup, you, you need those players to, to step up and perform, and Stevenson and Stone have done that for the Golden Knights. Stevenson's line, like eight goals. He's... he's right there in the uh, upper uh, part of this team with goals. I, I'd like to see him score a little bit more, but, but eight goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 assists, that that tops your team. Uh, points, he's your team leader. Plus minus, he's positive in the uh, seven department. Uh, power play goals, he's got three. That's respectable considering all the shooters that, that you have uh, on this team. Power play points is mm-hmm. 10. Shorties. He's got uh, multiple shorthanded points. Uh, three game winners this year. He's got eight goals. Three of them are, are, are game winners. Uh, his shooting percentage is outstanding at almost 15%. And his face-off numbers, over 60. Like that, that is all-star caliber production right there. Out of a guy who isn't even your number one center. He's just filling in right now. Because your superstars out of the lineup, so the the dexterity of his game is is also super impressive. Yeah, and you know, I, I I think that when when you have Stevenson and Stone kind of reading off of each other so well, and you've got Chandler uh, really utilizing his speed and and playing a little bit more direct, which I think he's done of late. I. I I think the sky's the limit for him. And, and we've seen him, right, since coming over to the Golden Knights, take advantage of opportunities and really not have any big periods of regression. I and mean, you're talking about a player that's got 32 points in 35 games, almost a point-a-game player, and this is now three and a half years, four years with the Golden Knights where he's been able to replicate that, do that. Um, he's just a really good offensive player that the Golden Knights can rely upon. So now what's... What's your expectation of a point total for Chandler Stevenson? The previous one was when when, when he came here, thirty, mm-hmm. thirty-five. Sure, yeah. I, I didn't know where he was going to play. Third line, fourth line. Then he he proved that he was valuable and and meshed with uh, the two big boys in Stone and Pacioretty. That moves you up mm-hmm. into the fifty fifty-five point mark uh, in in that area. Where is he after the start to this season playing with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone? 
and the continued uh, elevation of his production. What is your level of point total for Chandler Stevenson? I mean, I, I think that we're looking at a 75-point player or higher, right? Like, yes. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked legitimately if Chandler Stevenson's a point-of-game player over the course of the next two or three years where you're looking at point total somewhere in the 75 to 82, 83 range because that that's what he's proven to be every single year he's taken a step in the in the right direction and and his production has gone up with with the 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 more minutes that he's playing in those in those big time roles there's an old saying where somebody has to lead every team in points mm-hmm. so if you're on a, a bad team they're still going to have somebody that leads them in points, and that somebody's going to get a lot of attention because they led that club in points. Mm-hmm. That's not the case with this team because of all the success that they've had uh, as a group and then all the stars that they have up front. And he's still in the, he's 45th in, in, in league points right now. And that's uh, that's pretty darn good for a guy that's uh, playing out of position, even though it's his natural position. But he's had to bounce back and forth, and and isn't considered your go-to guy. He's not the guy getting your leading point producer. Isn't your go-to guy in the power play? He's probably yeah. fourth, fifth, if he's go-to at all. He he gets you zone time, and then it it revolves around a lot of other guys. He's on your number sure, one unit, yeah. but it re- revolves around uh, a, a lot of guys. Five on five. Is he your go-to guy? Or is he getting the puck to other people in Stone and, and Eichel? He's getting the puck to, to other people. And part of that is reflected in his, in his line this year with the uh, with the 8 and the 24. But th- that when, when he's not your A, B, C, D options, and he's still so consistent this year, with his uh, point totals every every night, it it makes me love the guy even more. Sure, yeah, and you know, again, I think it kind of speaks to overall, right? The depth for the Golden Knights, if if they're healthy, if you've got Jack Eichel in the lineup and Paul Cotter in the lineup, and you're kind of running out the lines that you'd like to see if you're Bruce Cassidy, um, if you've got a player in Chandler Stevenson that just attracts points, right? By by virtue of how he plays the game and where he is in the offensive zone and, and how much he's able to create offense and drive offense, when you've got that guy being able to pick up those points and you still have all those other you, you know weapons around him, it gives you an idea of how dominant and, and how deep the Golden Knights can be when healthy. Hockey is the least dependent on a superstar. Mm-hmm. Do we all agree with that? Compared to I agree, yeah. certainly basketball, uh, football, yeah, you got a superstar quarterback or a running back, you can get a lot of uh, stuff done. Uh, baseball, baseball might be in the same vicinity of hockey as the actual impact on wins and losses. When I say uh, dependent on a superstar, I'm talking about uh, team success. The mm-hmm. top two teams in the National Hockey League coming into today were Boston and mm-hmm. Vegas. These two teams both have one player in the top 50 in points in the National Hockey League. Hmm. 
Boston has one player, and that's David mm-hmm. Pasternak, yep. who is uh, top ten. And Vegas has one player in Chandler Stevenson. They're the two best teams going into today. And the Toronto won, so they, they moved a point ahead of, of Vegas. But going into today, they were the top two teams. What does that say, if anything? And I'm not sure it says anything. To, I mean, to me, it, it says that you need to have more than just one or two guys that light the lamp all the time. Like, I, I don't see it as any big shock or surprise that teams that are built like Boston, teams that are built like Vegas, teams that are built to a degree uh, like New Jersey and Carolina are and, and are kind of right at the top of, of the NHL when you have teams that, that are built like the Edmonton Oilers that you know are reliant upon Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to be absolute world beaters. And even then, that's not enough. So, you know, you, you look at depth, you look at the ability to score up and down your lineup, you look at how many players you can get into double digits, how many players you can get into 20-plus points, how many players you can get to 20-plus goals. That's usually the sign to me of a really good hockey team. I'll extend the window. Top 75-point producers in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Boston has two, and that second player is 75th in Taylor Hall. Is by far <laughs> the, the, the most productive team in the National Hockey League. Vegas mm-hmm. has four in in the top 75. So they, they've, they've got a guys right around that, that same area. And the Jack Eichel uh, and uh, you go Mark Stone and Jonathan Marshall. But it mm-hmm. just, I was going through it today, and it, it blew me away that the two best teams in the standings had such little representation among the top point producers. Edmonton's one, two. They're outside of playoff position. They have a three in the yeah, top ten. Yeah. They're outside of playoff position. Uh, can they turn around? For sure. Uh, Toronto has three in the in the top 15. They're pretty good. <laughs> so they, that, that goes yeah. against uh, some of what I'm saying. But uh, uh, they... They're a team that uh, that has uh, had to work way, their way through the season. Winnipeg has a bunch of guys uh, in it, and uh, Winnipeg may be the uh, the greatest example of somebody getting a little bit out of uh, all of this uh, this point production compared to to Edmonton. So I just I thought I'd bring that uh, bring that up, and I don't know whether there's a statement there or not, really. Because some teams are good, like Toronto, with with top guys, uh, but the two best teams uh, going into today didn't have hardly any representation on that list. Yeah, and you know Toronto, Toronto to me is an interesting case, right? Because like you look at <coughs> you look at Mitch Marner and you look at Austin Matthews, and I think those are probably the two that you're expecting to be in the top twenty five, top fifty point producers in the NHL, and you know, I, I don't know that, that you're you're kind of built the same way as, as Edmonton because, like, where's that second wave for the Edmonton Oilers? Like, you've got John Tavares, you've got William Nylander, you've certainly got players that are not at the top, top of, of the, the lineup for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but still provide that, that secondary scoring. And on the Oilers, it's just Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. We, we can, you know, argue it until we're blue in the face, but without a Vander Kane in the lineup... It's a two-person horse in 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 Edmonton, and well, Nuge has you know, been I good. I think that ter- 
Nuge has been sure. really good. That's that's fair. But like beyond those three, I, I just I feel like there's more substance down the lineup in Toronto than there is uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, and I think that that probably has something to do with their success. So who would you rather have? <laughs> if you look at it objectively, you want Vegas, okay. Boston, or do you want Toronto, Edmonton? Now, like you're not lacking superstars in Boston or no. or Vegas no. at all. No, but you're not dependent on those superstars as much either as Toronto or or Edmonton. Like look at look at the praise coming for uh, Mark Stone from from last night, mm-hmm. uh, Marshall yep. last week, Riley Smith. Like uh, um, th- these these are guys, elite guys in the National Hockey League. By the way, I can't believe Riley Smith wasn't the first guy. In in Vegas history, to score a shorthanded and a power play goal in the right. same game, right? All, all yeah. the all the shorties, or or Bill, uh, for that matter. But uh, it's it's funny. Do you want do you want the sizzle, or do you want a really good meal? And like, there's there's people that would, will like the sizzle, right? I would love to watch Connor McDavid eighty two nights a year. That'd be awesome. It'd be great, but I'll, I'll take Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson and Riley yeah. Smith and Chandler Stevenson and Alex Petrangelo. Like, I'll take all of those in a heartbeat because, again, it's going to be a good team, and it's going to be a team that I think you can trust to do some damage in the playoffs, and that's really what it all, what it all comes down to anyway. Um, and I know that the Oilers have won in the playoffs. I know that they've been able to get past the first round, knock on Toronto, but, like, I... I still don't think like Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl went absolutely bonkers in the playoffs last year, and it wasn't enough to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, um, to me, I, I'm going to roll with it with a team that's built like Boston, with a team that's built like the Golden Knights, with a team that has a number of guys that can get it done on any given night because that's what you need to win when it really matters. And uh, complimenting the a lot of guys will chip in and make things happen and get to a victory. Uh, Want to bring up the the goal last night that occurred in the in the third period uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, the, the second goal by Mark Stone. Do, do you remember okay. that that goal at all? It's I'm not talking about uh, the shorty, uh, uh, but uh, I'm talking about the power play goal that occurred mm-hmm. midway through the, the third period. Yeah, I mean, I remember it's Petrangelo, point shot, Mark Stone, deflection, and in. Right. So okay. going into that moment, Mm-hmm. They had a lot of trouble getting things going in the rink, not not the rink's fault, but the officials. Mm-hmm. Remember dropping the puck before that? Like there was four. <laughs> was there was there four drops that they whistled? Yeah, and I yeah. don't really yeah. I don't know who was at fault. I can't believe that there wasn't an extra penalty for delay a game by right. by one side jumping or the other. Uh, both centermen got tossed. Yeah. And it took a while to get that, that play underway. And as a result, Vegas actually lost the draw, chased down. It was the perfect execution of, of a power play. You've got the extra guy, you lose draw, you find a way to four-trek, you find a way to win a puck battle to keep it in on the sideboards, uh, gain possession, and work it around. But everybody in the rink was frustrated. At that, <laughs> and they ended up yeah. turning it into a, a, a goal. It was, it was weird in the rink to watch it. 
because you're trying to figure out, okay, what now? And then I think the the yeah. last time that there was a drop and they whistled it was because they weren't sure the clock had uh, had started or had started too early because it was right uh, right at the beginning of the power play. Uh, it was it was one of those it had to be there moments in a way that didn't matter to the to the game at all. But mm-hmm. how Vegas took that and and was able to use it, even though they lost the draw because Stone stepped in and then took the draw, was was pretty impressive. Was that was that Riley Smith racing to the side to keep the the zone? Is is that the play that I'm? I, I know I remember the face off and I remember how long it took to drop the puck. Yeah, but I, I feel like it was Riley Smith just sprinting to the wall to be able to hold the puck yeah, in. Arizona rang around the boards. Yep. And yep. then Petra at the and, point, and then yeah, uh, and, it was and just that's, uh, that's the type of effort you need, right? Like th- those are the types of plays that you need from from a team that that's hunting down a goal, and and you saw that that urgency from Vegas in that spot. And why it jumped out at me was it was one one, approaching mm-hmm. the midway point of the third period, in a game that you're wondering if you're a realist, and I try not to be a realist and uh, more positive uh, uh, at Ever. moments, but every now and then I'll slip into <laughs> realism uh, yeah. and, and in reality. And I'm thinking, okay, is this – they've dropped the puck like four times. Like, is this going to be one of those they're finally going to drop it, the puck's going to end up out in the zone and something mm-hmm. uh, crazy is going to happen? It, it did. It just didn't happen outside the zone and stuff. It it. It worked out in in Vegas's favor, but the the whole cause and effect and all that kind of stuff uh, started swirling through my head. And then they scored, and I thought, well, <laughs> good. This is this this is great. Maybe the universe is starting to turn uh, around the the Vegas Golden Knights, and and this puck ends up in the back of the net, and then Carrier scores, and uh, and Stone, and and Amadio. and and I'll, I'll be uh, flat or honest. Before Carrier scored, I thought they they won this game. That power play goal. Took me to that place where they've won this game, but then mm-hmm. carry it. It felt like it was nine-one at that point. It wasn't, but just yeah. the the relief to be able to to score that power play goal at a crucial time for Stone uh, with his enthusiasm and his expressiveness made it feel like instead of two-one in the game, it was nine-one, and then Carrier made it double digits. Yeah, I to me with the Carrier goal, it felt like it like you, you finally hit the release valve. You know what I mean? Like you finally had that moment where you score two goals within a minute of each other. You you, you start to roll the team a little bit. You're finding your offensive game. Pucks are starting to go in for you. Uh, to me, that was really kind of where I felt like the Golden Knights had 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 maybe turned a corner, so to speak, in, in terms of the puck going in for them. Uh, and then it was nice to see them get rewarded with a couple more goals. And they won a game in which Logan Thompson had to battle through and, and yeah. grind through a game. And here, here's a, a great uh, compliment to, to Logan is he, he would know that uh, that he was he was one of his best attributes is battling. But like he had to nothing was easy last night for him. And yeah. and when they scored that that third goal and and Carrier was celebrating, I was watching Logan and it, like he he owned all of that. He was so excited uh, about mm-hmm. that goal. And there's there's some because they try and maintain this level of composure because they're goaltenders and they're not supposed to get uh, outside their their goaltending uh, body. 
and you, you can't cheer, you can't do it. Uh, Logan was all in last night, and that was another cool <laughs> moment uh, about it. Like, he, he wasn't sitting back going, i got to be Mr. Goalie, Mr. Kobost. Uh, he was mm-hmm. celebrating and pumped up and banging his stick and, and right into it because he, he also knew that that game uh, goal w- was big. And ended up being big, uh, bigger uh, because of the, the the second Arizona Coyote goal. So they, they won last night without their A game from the goaltender but had a game on everybody else. And that, that handling the puck, the first period, I kept track of, of – of what they were doing from zone exits to neutral zone to inside the zone. And that was as clean. I know they didn't score. I realized mm-hmm. that because everybody I've told this to has said, but it was zero, zero. Yes. Yeah. I know it was zero, zero, but that was as clean of a period as quite honestly, you can produce in the national hockey league. There was a couple of missteps, but yeah. majority of it. And by their best players, it was really efficient. Yeah, I mean, you you look at total total attempts, right? Thirty seven to nine in twenty minutes of, of gameplay, and the Golden Knights were just to me relentless in how simple their game was. They they were willing to make the plays that were in front of them, and if there weren't plays in front of them, they got pucks in deep and they went to work down low, and and that's what Bruce Cassidy's wanted to see from his team. And to me, for two games in a row, they've been committed to doing just that. And Schmaltz and Keller had the two best chances, two of the four shots that, that Arizona mm-hmm. had. And I wouldn't even call them great chances because they were from extreme sharp angles. Uh, the Schmaltz one was interesting because he had speed coming down the uh, the left-hand side. It looked m- more dangerous than it was. Uh, the Keller opportunity is considered dangerous because he's in tight in the goal and it's their best point producer. But he was at such a, an extreme angle that it took away, because of the positioning of, of Logan Thompson, took away any realistic opportunity uh, or, or shouldn't go in at all. And, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, really impressive on, on that front. I uh, can't believe there wasn't any clean sweep of DeLoreans. Like, seriously. We gave away Transams the other day for a 3-2 loss. And and we couldn't come up with a clean sweep of Trans Am is not a is not a DeLorean. And 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 I'll be honest, like the the game, the game in Buffalo and the game last night against the Arizona Coyotes, like it wasn't too much different from the Golden Knights no. outside of the fact that the puck went in for them right against the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, right. so if very I, similar if I, games. If I gave a Trans Am for that game, I, I I can't give a DeLorean for this one. So. We got to work on that. You'll, That's wait, gonna listen. Be, you, 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 be you, 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 you take the lead <laughs> twice, and you allow Arizona to score almost immediately to, to to respond. So, I mean, look, that's not a that's not a perfect game. That's not a five out of five. This is what's going to happen. We're going to take some time over the holidays, mm-hmm. and we're going to hit the reset button on the game rating. I can't do anything about last night. I can't do anything about tomorrow because uh, we won't have a show for a couple of days. But yeah. come 2023, Chapman is hitting the reset button, and we're going to be much better with our approach uh, to the game rating I'm, system. I'm offended by it. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes you got to give tough love. And there's no better person in this world to give tough love to Chapman. I'd just like you to be right about it. Than me. When we continue, it's one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Get you to the Connor McDavid topic in just a little bit, but we're tracking Alexander Ovechkin's chase of Gordy Howe for yep. second all-time in goals scored in the National Hockey League. Scored the hat trick, had a four-game run to get to 800, mm-hmm. but has gone goalless in the last three. I honestly didn't expect it to work out this way, given his just total buy-in to do anything to score goals. And, and I don't think it's the, the moment getting too big for him uh, by any means. He's well down the list of guys that I believe would tighten up uh, in this situation. But the reality is uh, he's uh, into game number four, looking for 801. Mm-hmm. What's the update? Well, <laughs> still doesn't have 801. Probably should have had 801. Um, does have a couple of assists, though. Uh, but it was the second goal of the game for the Washington Capitals. Ovechkin takes a shot. It hits the post, bounces off the pad of Cam Talbot, teeters on the goal line, and then Sonny Milano taps it in. So um, 801 was there for the taking for Alex Ovechkin, but he'll have to settle for a measly two assists. Uh, he's now turning into Adam Oates. Just uh, Pierce. Yeah, I don't like guy. it. Just, just score, no. score goals. Just so score goals. Come on. Tonight he's played uh, over 12 minutes and has a couple of shots on goal and is a plus one, and they have the lead. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect game, except we're all waiting for 8-0-1. Like, everybody's got these montages <laughs> built up and yeah. podcasts ready to explode, and you're just yeah. waiting. Can we? When are we going to release this thing? It's, it's, we're waiting on it, uh, Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, I'd love him to get it before the holiday break. That would, that would be good, and, and be able to sit back and, and enjoy it. Have you ever seen his stick room? No. So at at his house, he has this stick room, which is of sticks that he's collected over the years. And yeah. it's massive. Like He, he was <laughs> on this as a rookie coming into the league, getting sticks from people. And it's one of the coolest things you will ever witness. Uh, if you get a chance, Google it. Uh, I don't know where and what platform. It is on, but I've seen a couple of features on it, and it's it's a legitimate stick room with all the sticks uh, lined up uh, uh, around the room, and he's got everybody uh, from Eisenman yeah. Gretzky uh, right on right on down to to, to regular guys uh, that uh, that he just he he sees as potential stars coming up, mm. and he'll get a stick and he'll send one over to the other team's room and uh, and do a little trade, and uh, I think that's that's pretty cool that the all-time leading goal scorer in history when all is said and done uh, is a yeah. fan of other people's just like uh, just like the kid or me or Chapman uh, sitting watching these games. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see Alex Ovechkin use someone else's stick to score some goals. Like wow. it, just just to kind of ratchet up the the uh, the level of difficulty. But he's got the for Ovechkin. Toe hook. I was talking to my buddy uh, Kevin Woodley, the goalie guru uh, yeah. from Ingoal yeah. Magazine, Ingoal Radio, the podcast. And uh, he did this thing on Ovi and the uh, 800 Goal Club. 
and talk to a bunch of goaltenders who have given up goals on milestone moments for Ovi, like the 200th, the 400th, the 600th uh, goals. And, and what's come out of it uh, is that when he takes that shot, that one-timer, if you don't catch it when the puck's absolutely flat, uh, the puck can curve. But he's got this, and it happens for everybody. By the way, Aiden Hill and I had this conversation the other day. There's a lot of guys when they when they don't catch it when it's perfectly flat, uh, the arrow arrow hit it and it might drop, it might curve, it might slide to to bottom left. But the the exceptional part about Alexander Ovechkin is he can still hit the net when he's doing that, and others are throwing it off the glass and uh, by and missing the net by 14 feet or they're hitting somebody or something's going wrong with it. Uh, somehow he's got the ability to to still hit the uh, net. So here's my Connor McDavid uh, situation. And uh, Toronto beat okay. Philadelphia earlier today in what they call the next-gen game, a next-generation game. Mm-hmm. Season ticket holders give their tickets back and uh, kids go to the game. Uh, so it was, a, it was a big win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They move a past the Vegas Golden Knights uh, to second overall. But as for Connor McDavid, a big win last night over the Dallas Stars. I don't know if you guys saw it, but that that was, that was a cool one. Jason Robertson uh, uh, for for Dallas, and you got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh for the Edmonton Oilers, and they went back and forth. Uh, Connor did score, and Connor uh, is is making this incredible run to score sixty goals. Uh, we we all yeah. think, don't we, that he's fueled a little bit by what happened last year with uh, Toronto. And uh, yeah. and Austin Matthews. That that's where we're thinking. That he's motivated by that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, hundred percent. Well, I've got a different take on it in the sense of I I, I agree that uh, that he's motivated by what Austin did last year, and he wants to uh, go out there and and storm his way uh, to a, a Rocket Richard Trophy. But I also think he wants to take it to another level. Sixty's not good enough. I think he wants to get into some rarefied air of, okay. yeah, like, of Solanis, of Bossies, of, of what they've been able to do. And he's in the he's in the vicinity of it. He's got 29 goals so far this year in 34 games. Yeah. That's otherworldly. <laughs> yeah. Except, except, we're now getting to the stage where you start tracking a pretty special accomplishment, fifty and fifty. Mm-hmm. Where your your thirty game mark? Are you anywhere close? Can you possibly get this done? So, McDavid's got sixteen games to go. Mm-hmm. Can he possibly score twenty one goals? Is it realistic, or is that part of my dream over? <laughs> well, I don't think it's over, but it's going to take a couple of like big nights offensively for McDavid, right? Like, and that's not to say that he hasn't had plenty of those already. But I, I mean, if you sprinkle in two hat tricks in the next sixteen games, yeah. I think Connor McDavid can do it because he's been consistently putting one in the back of the net essentially every game. So you, you throw a couple of three-goal performances in there, and I, I think we've got an opportunity at something special here. The back end of November killed him. He scored one goal yeah. in five games. 
six games. One goal in six games. But in his last 15 games, guys, last 15 games he scored 15 goals. Yeah. He, he, he's not losing ground, but now we're at the stage where you gotta you gotta really start making it up and go on one of these Riley Smith start <laughs> runs, like multiple goals every yeah. night. And um, I'm I'm slightly down a couple of days before the Christmas break that this dream may be evaporating because I don't know how many more times I'm going to have to or going to be granted the opportunity and the privilege to bring up <laughs> realistically 50 and 50. As you know, I'm old. Yeah. I'm running out of time. Sure. I need it to happen it's tough soon. tough to be older. It, yeah. uh, it does. You guys, uh, yeah, when, I'm, when I'm gone, you guys will end the show every night saying, hey, to Darren upstairs. Good night, everybody. Uh, those are your one-timers uh, for this Thursday. December on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We'll be back with Catching Up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Are you ready today? I'm ready. Okay, yes. okay, let's go. Let's try it. Oh, Christopher. Hi, are you, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Oh, Christopher. Are you ready? Hi, Darren. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so let me ask you guys a question because this is this is the 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 time of year where this subject kind of comes up, the regifting subject. What would you call it if someone received a gift, let's say it was cash, and they use mm-hmm. that cash that they received as a gift to go buy someone else a gift? Does that meet mm-hmm. the criteria of a re-gift? It doesn't. It's not what the gift was intended for. You're supposed to go buy yourself something. Yeah, not yeah, buy I mean, somebody else something. That that's kind of what, there's ways around no, that, no. that that you can you can you no, can no. spin it, but but it's not the true nature of the gift of cash. Yeah, I mean, my my thinking is the gift of cash. I would buy something nice for myself or go out for a nice no, dinner. No. Yeah, right. The gift exactly. the gift of cash is for you to use that cash for whatever it is you choose to use it for. But it's a gift. Period. It's a gift for you. That sounds or like Ryan's done. Done. that sounds like Ryan's done this. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I, I see no. I see no issues with it. Like it's all going to the same place, right? Like whether or not I I use the money I've earned from my paycheck, or I use a gift someone gives me of a hundred dollars, or two hundred, or three hundred, or whatever it is. Like, does it matter? No. It all comes from the same place. But it's not the spirit of the gift. Yeah, the, the of spirit of care. the gift. Thank you, for, thank you for making it a lot easier for me to pick out another gift. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, thank I, you. I, I mean, the You're gift. ripping off yourself, really. No, I'm not. Yeah. You're not getting something out of it. I'm getting, the fa- I'm, I'm getting a simple transactional thing where I don't have to worry too much about the gift. But I hate, I hate buying gifts because I never know what to get anybody. Ever. Well, I'll, so I'll give it, you my it's list. a lot easier when. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, don't too. worry. Uh. Don't worry. There's not a there's not a list. Uh, there's not a present for either one of you. Uh. Use my. But the fact of the matter cash. is, like, if you get cash, it's yours. Do it. Do with it what you will. And if you want to put it into a gift for someone else, pay it forward. Yeah, it's like buy Chapman and I a gift with that cash. So someone says the gift of cash is not a gift. It's not. What is it? I I disagree. It's totally a gift. Sounds like a gift to me. Yeah. Can somebody <laughs> not give me a gift of cash? Yeah, please, please. A gift of cash, but give me the cash. Tomorrow, St. Louis 
Vegas, last game before the holiday break. Talk to you then.